0: Hello Podcast Land! Welcome back to Embodied Wellness with me, Marjorie, and Milena. Um, We have a great episode planned for you today. We're going to be discussing internal and external rhythms, but it's been a minute since uh, Milena and I recorded an episode together. So we just want to kind of catch up and touch base on what has been going on since the intuitive movement episode where we both gave each other a challenge Um, and my challenge to you Milena was to start noticing like your movement patterns things like uh, asymmetrical movements so doing one thing repetitively on only one side Um, little repetitive movements or just yeah just building that body awareness in general so what did you come away with from that
1: hello everyone Um, I actually noticed that I still, uh, that I still do the same, the same mistake with my posture, which is, like, I always try to, like, lay down more to the right side, Um, so, like, I naturally curve my posture to the right, even if I'm sitting or if I'm standing up. Or doing anything, I need to. I was, I was all the time. Um, whenever I felt that I was in a bad posture, I told myself that I needed to correct that. And and like yeah, me you need, you need to be straight. Keep your, keep your shoulders down. Um, take your chest um, up. So I was always trying to correct myself. And I think, I think we kind of all do that. I, I met I actually know very few people that can always keep a, a perfect posture and, and I think that's something to master honestly <laughs> oh yeah
0: definitely it's so it's so difficult I mean there's so many muscles that are involved that we already do are at a disadvantage because of our lifestyles. So that those muscles really aren't toned for holding us up all the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely some good, good goals for sure. That's awesome though, that you were able to notice those things.
1: Yeah, it was nice. Yeah.
0: And then I know you gave me the challenge of monitoring my breath, um, which was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've been trying to do more running during this lockdown, and by more running, I mean running a mile a day, maybe like four times a week, so you know, it's impressive for me. Um, I know some people do way more, and that's great too, but that was really the place where I started noticing my breath, and just kind of having a very shallow inhalation and then a much more forceful exhalation so my inhale was a lot felt like I was gasping for air and like whenever my audio would cut out from what I was listening to music wise I would just hear myself panting and like I knew it was bad because people who were far in front of me would turn around because <laughs> they could hear me that's coming a good sign. that's a good sign it has gotten better though I'm trying to run more upright rather than leaning forward. Um, so, like shoulders, shoulders back and relaxed, um, and and really focusing on taking that long inhalation and filling up my lungs with air rather than just just trying to like get through it. Like trying to be more intentional about it. So, so it was good. It was very.
1: Good. I find it so funny. I'm just I'm just thinking of you and people like <laughs> you're running.
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> I won't do it for our listeners because it's not it's not cute <laughs> well, I think I, we've, think I think so. a lot of us have been there and that's okay we still love ourselves it's exactly it's yeah exactly. um so the other things that have been happening is you've been recording a lot of other episodes which is great I feel like you've recorded like four or five since our last I
1: yeah I think like four
0: Oh my God. Yeah, that's great. So um, a lot of the episodes are in Spanish, but feel free to go check them out. The one that was done in English is all about the subconscious, which if you haven't checked uh, checked it out, you should go check it out now. Um, But we're just going to do like a brief little overview, just so in case you didn't tune into that episode, you have a good sense of what we're talking about when we're talking about the unconscious or the subconscious for for this episode
1: right so yeah like like Marjorie said if you haven't checked that out please check it out it's really quick but it's a really short um, but intense introduction to um, our mind structures so um, I explained um, that the mind is divided into the conscious, the subconscious, and the unconscious mind. So with that being said, we often believe that we are our thoughts and, or the idea that we have about us. Quote unquote, the person that experienced all the challenges and that have been in your lifetime. Um, with you, present, you know, this is the person you talk to, um, usually in your head, but this is not your wholeness, this is not the wholeness of who you are, and we need to create a person, a character that will help us adapt to our environment, and it's this person who holds your deepest fears and frustrations, but as I said, this is not your wholeness, there is a deeper self uh, who remains quiet in silence it's pure energy and we do perceive it Um, it is there but we're just too busy and distracted with the outside world that we forget um, that we inhabit this body on a deeper level so you might feel a bit triggered or scared when you try to think on the unconscious because this is like another part of us that we don't know yet so in fact this is your true self and that true self it's kind of like a stranger for us so it's it's natural to be scared of the unknown so this is why um we need to be aware of the different layers of our personality and try to um, use different tools to get in touch with those layers and mm-hmm. uh, yourself like who you are in a deeper and deeper sense so you yeah you you, you were gonna you were gonna,
0: <laughs> yeah so um so we're gonna tie in some of the things you just talked about when it comes to the subconscious because what better time to whether we want to or not, get in touch with our subconscious because for for all of us now, or most of us, um, there's a pandemic on, and a lot of us need to be inside. So that means there's a lot of a lot of focus now on our internal worlds. And what we're gonna do with this episode is really try to give everybody some tools on how to balance what's going on in your internal world um, with the external world by aligning with internal and external rhythms of nature and in your body. So I kind of had this idea about internal and external rhythms a while back when the lockdown first happened in Scotland. I had just come out of my yoga teacher training and I had a really heavy work schedule, so I went from having my days and my weeks heavily structured to feeling like I was just free floating in space, like nothing was going on, all of a sudden all of the structure was gone that I had relied on, Um, and I knew that being at home I had to figure out a good way to segment my days my weeks and eventually months in order to feel grounded calm and happy and i think a lot of us felt cut off from the natural rhythms um, that we come to expect year after year particularly in the northern hemisphere Um, we have the seasons turn from winter to spring and As we slowly watch the ground birth new flowers and animals, just when our bodies are longing to be outside, uh, we were told to go inside, which I think for a lot of us has had its own kind of depressive effects. And obviously we can't go outside at this time. So what we're going to seek to do is try to give you a way to sync, as I said before, sync our internal rhythms with the external rhythms whilst also staying safe and maintaining lockdown social distancing all that Um, so what we're going to touch on in this episode is we're going to go over 24-hour cycle rhythms within your body and also monthly lunar rhythms and then at the very end there's going to be a short meditation to really get in touch with your inner world that will be available in both english and spanish so take what you want leave what you don't and that's kind of going to be the motto of this episode
1: um, I actually want to take you, um the word of this new adaptation that you were just talking about, or all the routines that we are going through, the new routines that we need to that we need to start building, because from like from a a from a personal um or inner kind of perception or view, um. It has changed so much because only a few months ago or a few weeks ago when you were feeling down or you sad or triggered, you could go outside, visit a friend, or just go and get a drink at a bar alone or, I don't know, just get someone. You could really get distracted. And I think that's what our past routines kind of like were doing on that. Um, like personal, personal or inner life, um, we were getting distracted, getting like taken out of it. Like, oh, I'm feeling bad. I need to, I need to get, I need to take myself out of out of this mood because I need to, I need to be a person and I, I have people around me and I, I can't be crying all the time or or having this um, depressive mood or whatever that can look like for you um so just a few years ago um we had this boom with yoga and mindfulness especially on on the western side of the world and it has been a thing um for us which i need to mention that not only not everything that shines is glitter because this uh, like our westernized societies can be very self-centered mm-hmm. and we kind of like reject older cultures or categorize them as exotic so the, really these ancient practices has become part of even part of our monetary system like we we get all this fancy clothing yoga with expensive brands mm-hmm. and that gives you like Misconfusions on what it really is, um, or even paying so much money for a mindfulness course when, when it real when in reality, um, m- like meditation or, or yoga in Indian traditions, um, however, is more than physical exercise. is It has a meditative and spiritual core. So, our ego mind is so strong and present that it makes us believe that the idea of who we are is all there is like only our thoughts that that's who I am. That's what I mean by we are like quote unquote self-centered. Um, but it's really like ego self-centered. It, it's that ego who is always like strong and present and has this personality that we have built for others and for us in other to survive. Um, But now, we are forced to stay in, and people are struggling so much in dealing with emotions. And that can be very chaotic if you don't pay attention to what they are telling you. So, this is a time of uncertainty, of um, a lot of anxiety. Many people are dealing with... Um, with depression or other mental illnesses and mental battles and that is why today we want to use Ayurvedic philosophy and practice to help you suit yourself and get to know that person we have been ignoring for so long which is your true self and that's also part of that unconscious mind and that it's like, like I said before that is why You feel so triggered and, and like, it feels so painful to look at it. But um, it's it's really not, there's nothing to be scared about when you think about your unconscious. There's nothing to be scared about. Um, We all are good and evil, and that is okay. There is a lot of beauty, too, um, when you look at it. So it all starts with the simple act of, pay attention to yourself to your wholeness to not only the conscious mind and your physical body but to that energy the live that lives within your within you mm-hmm. and it's not really that hard to get in touch with it like you don't need to you don't need to pay a lot of money you don't you don't you don't even have to pay anybody to do this. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really simple. It's really simple. And we want to we wanted to we I, I love Marjorie's idea on taking this um like natural rhythms and algebraic philosophy to to get in touch with these things. And I actually kind of like struggle myself trying to, to link that up to, to the psychological side, but what what I came up with it w- was so beautiful and so interesting and I think we all can take um, what we like like you said we can take what works for us and just leave the rest. Mm-hmm. So there are different tools and ways that you can get in touch with yourself. Just um, don't do it triggering your um, emotions that you don't know how to deal mm-hmm. with.
0: Yeah, I think that's that is such a beautiful segue into. Uh, let's start by just talking about our 24-hour rhythmic cycle. So a lot of the time people, including myself, like we're waking up in the morning and it's kind of like, okay, well, what next? Because the parameters that held us together before just aren't existing. So, um, so to start with our 24-hour cycle, we're going to really delve into the different energy cycles that the body moves through and I'll be doing a lot of citing Ayurvedic philosophy, uh, throughout this. Um, this is something, this practice is something that I learned about during my yoga teacher training, and it really happened at the perfect time because I've found it to be most applicable during this time where I feel it's, it's given me a lot more time and space to really tune in to the different energies that we naturally cycle through in our own bodies uh, during a 24-hour day. So Ayurveda is, for those who don't know, it's a traditional system of medicine from India, and it's a really wonderful tool for getting in touch with the body. Like Milena was saying, this is a great time to delve deep and get in touch with yourself, um, and this is one of the great tools to, just as like a a good jumping off point, if you're like, great, I would love to get in touch with myself. But where do I start? The Ayurveda does provide some really nice tools for that. So the tenets of Ayurveda rest on finding balance and harmony within the body. And this is all in order to prevent illness um, and promoting that harmony and balance through various lifestyle practices. So Little disclaimer before I go any further, like, obviously, I'm a white girl living in Scotland. And while I do enjoy these practices, I am by no means an expert, nor are these medicinal practices from my own community. So therefore, if I make any mistakes, feel free to let me know. I'm always happy to learn. Um, I just think this knowledge is of great importance in healing during these complicated times, but still obviously want to be sensitive to the culture and the people with which these traditions are from. Um, So that being said, uh, Ayurveda is generally thought of commonly. I think most people in the Western world who've heard Ayurveda think about food. So like the do's and do nots of food. <laughs> but much like yoga, um, the types of nutrients that we put into our body is a really small piece of the larger philosophy that is Ayurveda. And the, uh, the science and the practice behind Ayurveda is so vast that for our episode today, we're mainly just going to um, focus on your three doshas which are the different energies present in your body and the 24-hour cycle. So doshas are loosely defined as different energies. So there's three in all bodies, and um, they help to define your energy makeup. Um, But not only are these three energies present in your body, they are also prevalent during different hours of the day. So skeptics at this point, you might be wondering, uh, how how do you feel these different energies how is this happening is this even real um but let me just ask you have you ever woken up at 3 a.m 4 a.m and felt your mind just worrying and like can't get back to sleep or have you ever gotten the munchies around 10 30 in the morning or 10 30 at night like right as you're trying to go off to sleep you get really hungry um And when you wake up in the morning, does your body feel heavy and slow? And if so, all of these common experiences that a lot of us have and share have to do with how those energy slash doshas cycle throughout the day. So we'll just get into a little brief overview of what the three doshas are. We have kapha, which is slow moving earth and water qualities. And then vata, which is light and airy, uh, ethereal qualities. And then pitta, which is all about fiery and water quality. So let's think hot and moist. Yeah, just very fiery and warm. Um, In thinking about our day, Ayurveda utilizes the science of our natural circadian rhythms to help guide us in what energies are strong and how to seek to balance those energies throughout the day. So for those of you that don't know, um, circadian rhythms is kind of like our natural internal clock. So it's what tells us it's time to get up in the morning. It's time to go to sleep. It's your body naturally um, secreting and producing hormones to help tell you, okay, this is where we are at in the day. So Ayurveda just builds on that um, and uses that internal clock to form these daily rituals and regimens um, and basically they are all meant to honor that inner clock which is known in sanskrit as dinacharya. and implementing these rituals and ideology not only can help you build supportive structures just in your everyday but can also have preventative health benefits as well so what i'm about to reference is taken from the book. This is called Ayurveda, a practical guide to optimal health, healing and vitality. It was written by Gita Vara. And it's such a wonderful read for those who want a straightforward approach to learning more about Ayurveda and making it accessible in our own lives. So I'm just going to quickly go over what happens at different parts of the day. So in the morning, when you wake up, roughly around 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. This is known as your kapha time. So this is the best time for cleansing, elimination, so like bowel movement, um, movement and exercise, light breakfast, productive work. And the reason we call this kafa is it gives you that slow, sleepy, Uh, morning feeling, and we're finding balance just by adding in a little bit of movement, having a light breakfast, nothing that's going to be too heavy and weigh you down. Um, Then we move into pitta, which is 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. This is the best time of your day for your main meal. So this is when your digestive fire is at its strongest and why we feel the most hungry. And I know in Western traditions, it usually is that Uh, dinner or breakfast are heralded as those should be your biggest meals, but actually according to Ayurveda, and I've actually been doing this too recently, lunch is really when like your belly is ready to have a big meal. And it's usually, I find when I'm the most hungry. Um, so I've been trying to eat a nice big lunch during that time of the day. And this should also be the time of day where you're doing your main tasks and your work for the day then as we move into 2 p.m to 6 p.m that is known as vata time so that is all about it's your best time for creative work it's very cerebral so anything that has to do with your mind and being a little ungrounded this is a good time to meditate to yeah as i said do something creative write something paint something and then we move into back into Kafa time, so they cycle back on each other. So we have 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. is when we're starting to feel a little heavier. It's when that heavy, slow energy starts to set in. We have a light dinner so that there's not too much to digest in the belly before sleep. Um, spending time with your family, pleasant conversation, maybe sexual engagement because this is supposed to be a good time for that and just relaxation, preparing your body to go to sleep. Unfortunately, if, and I think a lot of us have experienced this, if we don't go to bed around 10 PM, usually we get a second wave of energy. And this is because from 10 PM to 2 AM, that's where our Pitta energy kicks in. So that is like our fiery, hot, active energy. And it wakes us up and If we're asleep, we have a really deep, intense sleep. But if we're awake, we start to feel hungry (laughs) and we start to get a little more active. So always good to try to go to sleep around 10 p.m. if you can. And then what ends up happening is from 2 a.m. to 6 a.m., we go back into Vata and that explains why Um, during that time, if you happen to wake up from 3am to 4am, that's usually when you're feeling like your mind is just going and going and you can't stop thinking. I know colloquially in the Western world, 4am is known as the witching hour because usually it's when you're feeling a little, um, like physically you're not quite there, but mentally your mind has entered another plane. So really good to just try and get through the night through your pit and Vata by having that good night's sleep and then Vata is also a great time to wake up in the morning so I'm not going to wake up at 6 a.m but if you want to wake up at 6 a.m according to Ayurveda that's the best time <laughs> so yeah um, Milena was there anything that you kind of related to in me? The- going
1: through all of that <laughs> yeah it, it, basically with everything you said like all of it <laughs> it happens and you know for since I I am also a musician I love music so I know a lot of musicians and they're they never go to sleep early mm-hmm. like I don't know a single musician that goes to sleep at 10 p.m or or if they do, it's because they're so tired and they're like, okay, I need to rest now. But commonly, 10 p.m. is where the phone starts, like you said.
0: <laughs> For sure, because <laughs> like, you get that second wave of energy to be up and lifted and energized. <laughs> and
1: that's the problem. Yes. <laughs> like Wait this is the perfect time to create. Like I'm having all these ideas Mm -hmm. and it's late. So nobody's going to come and interrupt me and I can create freely. So it just goes on and on.
0: Well, some people, they might listen to this, especially if you're a creative type and you might think, Ooh, if I get a creative wave at 2am, I'm going to wake up at (laughs) 2am to get that wave. (laughs) So some people might utilize this maybe not in the way it was intended but um it it's an internal it's a natural internal rhythm that we all have so if you are a creative type and you're needing some inspiration yeah i guess i guess staying awake for the witching hour could be beneficial in that way for sure
1: and also the 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 getting hungry at that time like mm-hmm. all of us like even me when that's when it's usually 10 then 30 I'm like okay I need to get something to eat but I also think it's very important to be careful with what are you eating at that time because mm-hmm. um, it, it's if you are trying to sleep whenever you're finished uh, doing whatever you're doing it's going to be more difficult or you're going to have a um, an even like a digestion like a very heavy digestion or mm-hmm. like it, it's just not good for the body to be like putting heavy things in it
0: when, yeah. when it's so late. Like. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, hopefully everybody was able to take something away from that that might be of use. Um, I think we'll try to make an Instagram post where all of, the, all of that 24-hour cycle information is in one place because uh, it's nice to kind of have a way to reference it and start to familiarize yourself with the terms and the times um, I think we're going to take a little break here though. When we come back, we're going to talk about aligning your natural rhythms with an external rhythm, um, specifically talking about the lunar cycle. So that's what we'll talk about and we come back. Yes, yeah, thank you. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Embodied Wellness. We just finished talking about uh, the internal rhythms that have to do with your 24-hour internal clock in terms of Ayurveda. And now we're going to be talking about the lunar cycle. So a way to match your internal rhythms with something that is going on externally, which again, during this time has been really nice when it feels like The weeks and the days and the months and everything are just kind of blending in together. And by sort of following the lunar cycle, using some of the tips and tricks that we're going to give you, um, it just helps to give you a little bit more defined, um, just a defined path for your month. So finally, we come to one of the biggest external rhythms that we can connect with. And that is the moon so many already know how the moon cycles from new to full and back to new again all over the course of about one month Um, cultures and religions for millennia have based their own calendars off of the face of the moon but more than that the moon seems to have a pull on us that goes further than the tangible so for instance Many women report to having their menstrual cycles syncing up with the cycle of the moon. I don't know if you've been in a place of work, but this tends to happen a lot. Uh, many people are I'm totally delayed. I do. You do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy
1: when 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 that full moon hits. Oh my gosh, I feel mm-hmm, it.
0: definitely. I mean. <laughs> I always like to say if the moon has the power to literally pull the water away from the earth and back again, like surely it can, it's having some more impacts on us than, than I think we, we give it credit for. Um, so yeah, like lots of women report that they get their period around the time of the full moon, um, emergency rooms, hospitals report a greater influx of patients and 911 calls around the full moon, just because it's a time of, really intense energy and many animals have their clocks. So their internal circadian rhythms synced up with the lunar cycles as well. So for instance, oysters are known to open their shells in time with the moon. And not only, as I just said, does the moon affect the tides of the earth, but there have also been studies that show sleep changes with the phases of the moon. So feeling a bit more restless as the moon becomes more full. So now that we've hashed out some of the more scientific aspects of lunar cycles, maybe I've earned a little bit of cred there. (laughs) Now we can delve into the more witchy and astrological side of things. So again, and Milena will will kind of reiterate this later, but everything we're talking about, these are just tools. So you don't have to buy into everything, take what you want, leave what you don't, it's okay. Um, But in astrology, a new moon, so that's when the moon is completely dark, is the start of a new season. So generally in astrology, this will mean it's the start of a new zodiac sign. So to check check your calendar on your phone or at home, uh, just start to make yourself aware of what the moon is doing in the sky. It's kind of a nice way to externally externally align your own rhythms with what's going on outside just by doing that little check in just seeing how's the moon doing what's it doing today that's always a good place to start so at the start of the season uh of the new moon is when the darkness of the new moon allows us to contemplate what it is we want to manifest so the darkness of the new moon allows us to really journey inward and it's a wonderful time to set intentions and move our lives forward so these thoughts become our metaphorical seeds quote unquote that we plant during this time sometimes people may enjoy planting particular seeds that have to do with the current star sign so meaning setting intentions that have to do with what season we're in so for instance we're currently nearing the end of Taurus season, which is all about kind of, it's, it's a very earthy grounded sign. So some people might have intentions that were a bit more grounded in reality, a bit more tangible, a bit more tactile during this season. Um, many people have devised rituals around the sacred time involving sometimes blessing flower petals, writing in a journal, using stones to represent pieces of ourselves we wish to grow and flourish as the moon moves through its phases. So I just wanted to share that for me personally, I like to do my own little witchy fairy practices. (laughs) I use oracle cards, which are, they're similar to tarot. Um, And you do a reading just to get, just to get your reflective juices going. So these cards don't tell your future. They just help to give us a little nudge to see what we have always seen, but are now ready to act on. And then, so I do this all during the new moon. I write down between one to three intentions after I've reflected. And more recently I've started using little lavender petals and placing them in a small bowl of water with like seashells and stones um, just to sit through the whole cycle of the moon. This is because in pagan traditions, found elements of nature are known to help charge the energy of your intentions. But we can, we'll delve into that another time because I feel like I'll lose some people with that. <laughs> As the weeks go by and the full moon approaches, you may feel yourself returning to your intentions, journaling in regards to them. And finally, on the night of the full moon is when the energy around these intentions is in full force. And this is where the shadow self can actually come into play as the light of the full moon allows us to see our shadow. So the energy of the full moon is a really great opportunity to release what no longer serves us. It reveals our truest natures, allows us to observe ourselves in an objective way. Uh, Many people report a swelling of emotions as I mean, sometimes revealing your shadow self or revealing the truth can be a really hard or painful process. Or sometimes this might manifest as just like intense good emotion, like intense gratitude, intense excitement, intense realization of how far you've come, how grateful you are. So, so it can be positive, negative, neutral, just a lot of intensity. Um, It's just always remember to be gentle with yourself during a full moon because those emotions can get quite tippy and go either way. So, And as Milena has talked about, seeing, dismissing, or shaming our shadows only results in more future pain. So we have to be really careful during that time as well. Um, Probably the most common ritual to do around this time that you can do at home is when the moon is full, write down what it is that you feel like you need to release. And this might have to do with your intentions. What is standing in the way of fully manifesting what you need in this life? What is holding us back? And then it's a common practice to ceremonially burn those intentions to quite literally let go of them. Um, It's actually, if you've ever done it before, it's really cathartic to watch something that you need to let go of disappear feels it it gives you the physical um, the physical boost you need to make it a reality I feel and also lately I've been placing I have my little pool of water I've been placing it out by the window just to give it a little extra lunar boost from the full moon and I don't know this is where playing with magic in this way makes me really happy and even if Even if the energies and whatnot aren't actually true, it just, it gives me something to ground myself with and to find a tool in which I'm constantly reflecting, moving forward, releasing. Um, So it's just, it's just a really nice tool. And I especially like the feeling of putting tangible flower petals into water because it makes me feel like the seeds that I want to plant really are growing. So. I love yeah. that. and then I think uh, Milena, you wanted to talk about astrology as a shadow work tool. So moving a little way from the witchiness of it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I think it's I think it's so important to to be to try to not like fall on that. Um, idea that astrology or even the Torah has something to do with like Satan or the or hell, or I don't know, like, church has done such a huge brainwash on the different tools that especially women were developing at, at those times. Because when you really think about it, um, the idea of which. It's something very like historical in women's history. You know, it's it's about that. Um, like I'm gonna, I'm refusing what you're giving me because this is alienating me. This is making me feel bad. This is not like this is not good for me. So, women found out different rituals and ways to to get in touch with themselves and get back, uh, or, or get in tune with your own power because we do all have um, our own power that lies within. Mm-hmm. So I think there are different ways in, in how can that look like. And so that's why, I mean, when I say that you don't need to, um, you don't need to like buy all the like astrology or that thing, but you also don't need to like categorize it as something like dealing with unknown forces mm-hmm. that, are So gloomy and dark, and you need to like run away from that. Because I get people usually when I when I'm talking about the tarot, because I I like you said you use the oracle cards to get in tune with yourself, but I, I use the tarot like whenever I'm feeling like I need some guidance, I need like and and by guidance I mean just mm-hmm. like um, like mm-hmm. a, I don't know like maybe a, a little spark of light that tells me where which direction should i go or where to move forward or maybe i just need Mm -hmm. to sit and be still and listen to myself so i think um astrology has a strong mythological and metaphorical component and they they are based on like on historical events too so it's I think it's it's important to don't have a prejudice on everything we see if, if we're not doing um, a research on them and, and, and try to understand where they're coming from. So the same applies for Ayurveda. Like you said, we always relate Ayurveda and I'm including myself in that group of people that we I used to thought that it was only related for food. So it, it, it happens with everything really. It happens even with music. People think that music is like a hobby. Um when in reality it's a language and like stuff like that. So it, it's really important for you don't let those like old things that you have learned or that you have been listening from your parents or your family. Um because for example, taking the, the, the moon cycles to kind of keeping in touch with yourself it's a really beautiful too because it's it's making you do something you usually don't do so it's it's about that it's about using what it's giving you as a resource to get in touch with yourself so it's it's about aligning in tuning in listening to yourself because um i'm going to use a quick example um on that i i i think a lot of us do that and is that when we're feeling like down, we usually try to get attention, you know? We, we always try to get attention from the people around us and not like anybody, but people that we love and the people that we, that we want to be close to. So, and that people have their own things, they have their own experiences, they're going through their own path and dealing with their things. And so when they don't answer back the way we want it when when we are not receiving that attention the way we exactly want it we get triggered and we start even doubting ourselves like oh maybe I'm not good enough maybe I'm not such a good friend for them maybe, maybe she didn't love me or he didn't love me enough like we, we just create all this narrative that are mostly are very negative against ourselves and by that I need to also mention that we kind of felt like this um i I usually like to give like animated ideas of our internal things. It's just a really fun way to see it we i'm I'm really not that serious that I'm gonna be talking about all the mind structures and explaining mm-hmm. you how your brain works because that's really not necessarily when when you go to the doctor and you're trying to get some help, he's not gonna. Um, spend three hours explaining to you how your digestive system works and why it's making you feel so bad because that's really not going to fix anything. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's even more valuable to to take things that you can add to you to your routine it, to actually make you do that. So whenever you're feeling triggered, sad, or any emotion that you're having instead of looking that attention outside and getting mad because people is not giving you the attention the way you want it. And it not only needs to be like attention, it can be love. It can be like maybe like a tender kind of um, comment that you want to receive or maybe be validated because you want to feel that you're good at something that that can look Um, different for everybody but so what is that telling you about yourself that's the question that you should be asking what is that telling me about myself maybe why am I getting mad because this person is not giving me something I've never asked for because I'm not asking for it I'm just waiting for it to happen and if you're not even used to ask for what you need then that is something that you should be doing first with yourself, getting, giving yourself that attention and focusing your attention mm-hmm. on your true self. Not on this ego mind, not on this person that has all these childhood traumas and that have all these mental battles because that's not all that you are. You are such a beautiful human being that is capable of feeding love and receiving love and you deserve mm-hmm. it. So you need to get in tune with those feelings. You need to get in tune with that. And and I'm gonna be a little harsh on this, but you can take that bitch out of your (laughs) out of your head. Like don't allow her or him to keep taking you down because honestly, the ego mind can be a jerk. Honestly. It can be a (laughs) full jerk. And it's full adult capacity it will make you hate yourself every single day like oh i i cooked i my food was a little bit salty today i suck so much i can't even do one thing right when am i even gonna learn to cook and we like we usually go following this negative comments and every time we do something very small we just have that gone to shut right into ourselves like you Again, you don't even know how to do this. Can you for do something good for one time in your life? Mm-hmm. So that we are so harsh on ourselves, like so harsh. Yeah, that's one that of the that things
0: that I found with kind of um, like, because we just have so much time for that internal dialogue to run circles around us. Um, I yeah. really found the, internal rhythmic clock to be so helpful of just like looking at okay I'm feeling really icky what time is it have I had lunch yet um is this also not not necessarily negating our feelings but trying to create a physical environment for ourselves that supports our mental well-being so being able exactly. to say like you know I didn't get a good night's sleep last night I should probably go to bed by this um, I woke up and my belly just felt really heavy and sore. Maybe have a bigger lunch and like a lighter dinner and just being able to pull these things together so that you can so that you are in a space where when that voice starts to creep up, you actually have tools both like physically and then more emotionally, like maybe using the lunar cycle and then like really using that time to get in touch with yourself, but also knowing you don't have to be, you don't have to be on your subconscious all the time. You can give yourself a break and be like, you know, I'm just going to freaking enjoy my lunch right now because that's what my body needs. And that will in turn make your mental attitude feel a little better.
1: No, totally. And I, and I, I've been doing that myself too. Like whenever I'm feeling um, like I have, like I'm having some kind of emotion or, that I find myself following those thoughts on I'm doubting myself and putting myself in a, in a corner. Cause I think that's what we do. We put ourselves in a corner and then we just don't know how to get out of it. And everyone is like, Oh, but you need to feel better. You need to work on your anxiety issues. You need to work on your depression. And you're like, but I don't know how. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, that's, that, that creates a lot of frustration and you know, a lot of, it's a heavy emotion that is lying within. It's maybe it can be, um, you can, inferiority kind of um, feelings laying um, in, inside. Like may, you, you're never feeling good enough or you're always feeling that people is leaving you in cold. And in reality, you are leaving yourself behind on the cold because you're not, you're not paying attention to yourself. Nobody can give you what you don't ask for, even yourself. So you need to be honest and true to yourself and mm-hmm. just use these tools or, or maybe not this ones maybe maybe you don't feel like you want to believe in the moon because you're a very rational person and and that just doesn't work for you so maybe try um another um ancient philosophies like ayurveda or maybe try to get into traditional chinese medicine or you know there are different cultures that have been working on this for so long and now our science it's kind of like proving that everything they have created thousands of years ago is actually very helpful (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) science is behind (laughs) they're behind yes
1: yes, (laughs) yeah and and you should listen to it this is not this is not about religion this is not about you being catholic or not or not believing in any god this is not about any of that just take just take all of it and put it on the back because it, it really is not helping you to move forward. Is not helping you to get in touch with yourself. Because if we take, if all these tools that have been the Bella for so many long time, um, and we just don't know how to use, because it's not part of our culture, let's say, let, let, let's take that as an example. Let's say we're just not used to it because we grew up in a um, capitalistic system where emotions are seen as weak. And are necessary, mm-hmm. so and that that really creates a lot of a lot of chaos mm-hmm. chaos inside. Because yeah. guess what, emotions just don't disappear or like get banished on air, and the atmosphere just spreads it out. Mm-hmm. Like emotions still, it they still inside that they, they still uh, on your subconscious or on your unconscious mind, and they project mm-hmm. and they project themselves in your life and your social. Mm-hmm. In your social relations, in your personal um, relationship that you have with yourself or with your partner, or even in your dreams, even though if you don't remember your dreams, all your emotions, like, you might even find out when you wake up in the morning that you are moody, and you find out that you sleep eight hours, you actually got a really nice meal, and you just don't know why you're feeling that way, and Sometimes the way that our subconscious mind make us experience those feelings because you can uh, get rid out of them just as magically you experience that you experience them through sleep through um, dreams. And that's why sometimes you wake up feeling mad or yeah, they, or just moody yeah. and you don't know where that coming from.
0: Well, I think to finish this episode, because there's oh my gosh my brain is going with so many different things but um <laughs> I know that you have a meditation that's going to happen at the end after this break uh but I also just wanted to say that I think it will be I think in the future we're definitely going to have an episode because you touched on this a little bit and we definitely talk a lot and rant about it <laughs> um, about just like social condi- conditioning <laughs> colonialism the patriarchy the church and you know what maybe we'll just have an episode where we just throw the kitchen sink at it and we'll we'll talk about all those things
1: i love that i'm in
0: (laughs) i am i am so in as well but let's all we're all just gonna relax milena's gonna take us through a nice meditation when we come back (laughs)
2: a comfortable position. One where you feel comfortable. This is a time to not be interrupted. It's a time for yourself. So as you find a comfortable place in a quiet room where you can relax, Close your eyes, slowly, and try to become aware of your body, of your legs, your feet, your hips, and the rest of the body, your arms, everything. Try to become aware Of the heaviness of your body Try to Be aware of How does your body feels right now Does it feel tired Does it feel heavy Cold or warm now Be aware of your breathing pattern Try to find out if you are inhaling more air than you exhale or vice versa and after you are aware of your breathing pattern make sure that you are inhaling the same amount of air that you exhale it's the kind of breathing that you do when you are sleeping where your belly is full with air and then everything goes out again very slowly where you don't even have control of your breathing pattern we mostly spend days very stressed out and distracted so we change our breathing patterns and we're not aware of it Take a deep breath and count to six by, as you inhale. One, two, three, four, five, six. Hold the air. One, two, three, and four. And then release by my count. One, two, three, four, five. And six. One more time. Inhale. One, two, three, four, five, six. Hold it. One, two, three, four. And release. One, two, three, four, five, six. So now that you are more relaxed, try to go deep and feel your heartbeat try to find out your breath, your heartbeat breathing your beating pattern try to get in tune with your heartbeat right now at this point you may f- find out that there are some thoughts come into your head and that's fine. Allow them to be there. Allow them to be there. Don't push yourself into emptying your mind. It's fine that you have thoughts. We all have it. But try to see them as if they were clouds right now they come, let them go They're just clouds You don't need to Redirect your attention To those thoughts You're focused on your body right now You're focused on yourself You're keeping your attention On yourself This is the time for you So just Allow the thoughts to go as they go they're not you you have a deeper self waiting to be loved waiting to be known try to feel that being try to feel your energy now that you've realized that you're not your thoughts, and that you can redirect your attention. The mind is always trying to give attention to the things that not necessarily matters the most. But you do that every time, so right now don't focus on those thoughts, don't give them too much attention. They're not part of your wholeness. You're not the idea that you have about yourself. Or the idea that you want others to have about you. You're pure energy. You're a being. A being yourself. You're the deep and energy that lives within. So take aside all the memories. Take aside your story. Who you are. How do you look like. Forget all about it. Just be present. With your eyes closed. Your being. It doesn't need a shape, it doesn't need a name, it only experiences this world through the senses and it's this ego mind that is always trying to keep control of things and that's okay, but you also need to Become aware of the deeper sides of yourself that are waiting for you. To listen. To pay attention. To focus your attention on yourself. Not outside anymore. Take a deep breath. And really. release peacefully. You don't need to force silence. If at this point you keep having the thoughts and you feel that you can't control them, that's okay. It's part of the process. We all have thoughts that we can't control. But as you focus your attention on yourself You can start getting some control Over those thoughts Especially the ones that are More harsh and negative On yourself Take another deep breath And Stay present Stay here My voice, don't fall asleep. Sense who you are. Sense your energy. Take a deep breath. And feel all your body being nurtured. Be aware of your circulatory system taking blood to to all the body to keep you alive. You're a wonderful being. Remain present on love. Remain present on yourself. Take a deep breath and as you exhale, you can open your eyes and remain in this calm and relaxed state for the rest of the day.